Duke Energy says the best way to avoid billing surprises is to track your use. Duke Energy customers who have a smart meter can sign up for a usage alert. Similar to data alerts you get from your cell phone company, a budget can be set for the amount of your monthly energy bill and receive notices when you're approaching your limit. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232. Hi, this is Shane Ray, the host of Duke Energy Presents Central Indiana Today. I have an exciting show for you. We're going to be talking with Kirk Noble from the Christ Lutheran Church in Brownsburg about their upcoming car show. In fact, it's the third annual car show, and we've been there, I think, every time. You know, I'm talking about WYRZ, of course, and... Uh, He's going to tell us a little bit about what we can expect different this year. Also, we're going to have with us some folks from the Brownsburg Parks and Recreation Department. They're going to be talking about the summer concert series as well as 4th of July, Christmas time in Brownsburg, as well as the much-talked-about, at least on social media, uh, the recreation center, the proposed recreation center, I should say. They're going to be telling us where exactly that conversation is right now. And we're also going to be talking with Jamie Bowler-Smith of Visit Hendricks County. She's going to be talking about the new hotel that's in Plainfield and what that means for the rest of Hendricks County. So don't go anywhere, all right? Duke Energy presents Central Indiana Today. Shane Ray talks with the newsmakers in and around Hendricks County. And now your host, Shane Ray. I have Kirk Noble. He's uh, from the Christ Lutheran Church, and uh, he's here to talk about the third annual car show at the Christ Lutheran Church. And I believe we have uh, been there every year so far. Kirk, how are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? Oh, well, it's a little deja vu at the moment, but other than that, I believe I'm doing okay. <laughs> a little private joke between us, but uh, yeah, uh, you're here to talk about the third annual car show, Christ Lutheran Church, and uh, tell us a little bit about what we can expect this year. So, um, we're hoping for great weather again, um, so I start, like you mentioned, this is our third annual event. Um, last year, we had 40 some odd, 44, 46 cars. Um, so we're hoping for another big uh, increase this year, hoping to get around 60, 65, uh, maybe even more if we can. Um, it's a great mixture of new and old cars, uh, some classics, some that are still in uh, a process of restoration, things like that. Uh, we do have some fun for the whole family. There is some uh, cornhole and, and some games, of course, food and, and things like that as well. Now, uh, I understand you do have some sponsors you want to thank for this year. That's right. So uh, there's a slight name change, but Sally and Friends Spa has been a, one of our original sponsors uh, year over year. Sure. Um, uh, of course, this year we have new to our, our group is, is Walt Hot Rods right in Brownsburg. Uh, he's been uh, uh, offered up some, some sponsorship, also some door prizes, things like that for the event. Uh, he's been giving out posters to customers and friends for the last uh, several months, so probably you'll have a, a big group from uh, Waltz. Um, and, of course, we have Best Friends Bagels and Coffee, also in Brownsburg, uh, is going to be providing um, for purchase uh, snacks, uh, sandwiches, coffee, tea, things like that. 
let's talk about uh, the what people can expect as far as someone's got a car, they want to uh, enter it. First off, what do they need to do? How do they get involved in the show? So if, if you're somewhat techie, you can get on our uh, website. At, uh, I think it's Christ Indie Lutheran. Uh, it's kind of a long website, so maybe easier just to jump to Google. Uh, uh, type in Christ Lutheran Brownsburg, Indiana. You'll hit our website or our Facebook page. Uh, either one of those can link you over to the online registration form. Easy to fill out. Um, some of our uh, IT gurus within our, our congregation created those for us, and they're, they're pretty self-explanatory. If you have any trouble, you can always call our office, and we can help you. Um, but then all else fails. If you're not techy and just want to wait till the day of, uh, it's only $5 more, uh, $25 for the day of uh, registration. All right, $20 advance, 25 on the day of entry. Uh, let, let's talk about um, uh, what if they get their car in and they're wondering what kind of prizes or what uh, categories there are, what, what's going to be there? So we have our same ones from last year, but we've added a new... A uh, new category we're kind of excited about. So we have best in paint, uh, uh, excuse me, best paint, best interior. Uh, our new one is uh, pastor's choice, which puts some pressure on our pastor that he gets to kind of walk around and, and pick a new uh, new winner that he likes the best. Uh, then, of course, we have best in show. Yeah. Anybody can, uh, can get to vote. Uh, we'll have ballots in place where they can vote uh, real easy uh, during, during the event. And, of course, uh, I think our friend uh, Eric Bell from David Hall Mortuary won Best in Show last year, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, hopefully we'll see him out there. I'm hoping to see a lot of people out there. And if all goes well, all goes according to plan, mechanics and weather-wise, I'll have my 56 Chevy out there as well. But just in case uh, it does rain, I've already talked to Paul Poteet and asked him to make sure we have good weather. But if not... You have a rain date. That's right. Our plan is just to push it out uh, one week to uh, the 20th, so it'll move from July 13th to July 20th. Same time, uh, 10 to 2. Uh, same place, all the same details, just moved out one week. All right. Uh, what made uh, what made the Christ Lutheran Church decide they wanted to do a car show? So we uh, we have an outreach team that, uh, that, that meets uh, once a month, and we, we sit and talk about new ways that we can reach out to the community. Um, and our pastor uh, had some previous success with car shows and thought, gee, we ought to do one. And so we uh, we, we kicked it off uh, three years ago, um, and we're very surprised by the, the great uh, group that showed up the first year. We had 22 cars. Um, and so it was just kind of a, a, a brainchild of, of Pastor Trulson and uh so far, each year, we've grown it nicely, had great turnout. Uh, it's been a great success, great fundraiser for our um, our preschool that we have on site at Christ Lutheran. Excellent. Now, I, I have talked with a lot of drag racers and uh, racers around the community. I've interviewed them over the years, and they talk about how this is a lot of, in their case, most of the time, it's great father uh, and son projects when they're working on cars and uh it, but in in the case of classic cars and car shells, that's something the whole family can get involved in, right? That that's true. I mean, if if it's um, mom or dad's passion to to restore a car or or uh, have a, a, a sort of a hot rod muscle car or something like that, uh, the kids always seem to be uh, uh, just as much of a gearhead as the parents are. Um, 
But then if, if they're restoring them together, certainly bring out that car in whatever stage you have it. If it's if it's running and you're proud of it, please bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're uh, uh, someone like me who just uh, likes to drool over the cars, <laughs> uh, please please come out and, 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 and get involved and, and vote for your favorite. All right. Saturday, July 13th, it goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., at the Christ Lutheran Church, 701 East Tilden Drive in Brownsburg. Now, we're going to be doing a live remote there from 11 to 2, and we hope to see you out there. Uh, come on out, bring your car, or if you just want to look at the cars, it's free to everybody, isn't it? That's right. No no admission for the for the public. Um, just love to have you come join us. Uh, enjoy some good food, some fellowship. Um, there will be some, some games to play around as well. You missed any information, you didn't quite get it down, you can always call us here at the radio station, 317-852-1610. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to get you in touch with Kirk, and he's going to help you out ASAP, right? That's exactly right. All right, Kirk, thanks for being our guest today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Next on Duke Energy Presents Central Indiana Today... It is the folks from the Brownsburg Parks and Recreation Department. We talked with him just last week about some of the 4th of July details, but what we didn't air during the Drive Home show was a few other things, like um, Christmas Under the Stars, as well as the Parks and Recreation Center, that uh, the proposed Parks and Recreation Center that is under discussion right now. So let's get to that. As promised, here they are. Travis Tramberger, he is uh, the, are you officially the executive director of the Brownsburg Parks Department now? I am. I'm I'm the director. Okay. (laughs) You say (laughs) that with reservation. (laughs) The executive label sounds too official. All right. Yes, he is the executive director of the Brownsburg Parks and Recreation Department. Also, right next to him is uh, Shelby Abner. She's community engagement coordinator for the Brownsburg Parks and Recreation Department. That is a long title. How do you get that on a business card? Oh, you just use small font. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure everyone uh, has uh, get there. magnifying glass yeah. or something when they when they uh, get your card. Okay, well, anyway, you two are here to talk about not only what's going on this Thursday, or is it Wednesday? Thursday, uh, the 4th of July, and uh, to uh, talk also about what's going on with the Parks Department in general for the rest of the year. First off, Travis, how long have you been in this position? I've been director for almost two years. I was appointed in September of 2017 by the Park Board. And now you superseded uh, Phil, right? Yeah, Philip Parnon was our last director. He left in uh, August of 2017. Okay. And, of course, I knew you before then. And, uh, well, the whole family, we were just pulling for you. You know, we said someday that Phil's going to be gone and Travis (laughs) is going to be in there. But, anyway, I'm just messing with you. Yes, uh, and, of course, you and Phil had been the guest on the station uh, several times over the years. So, Um, yep. And then right next to you, Shelby Abner. How long have you been with uh, the Parks Department? Uh, about a year. Okay. I started last May. Explain to everyone what exactly a community engagement coordinator does. Um, I do all of the social media, all of the flyers, any designs you see, anything that gets mailed to your home. That's me. So. That's you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the what's going on on the 4th of July here in Brownsburg. First off, of course, earlier this, uh, actually last week, 
We had uh, Ray Ferner from the Brownsburg Lions Club, and he was talking about things that the Lions Club were involved in as far as um, a little bit of the parade and talking about some things that are going on with the rides and uh, the food and all the stuff the Lions Club is normally involved in. And uh, how does the town, at least in uh, your case, the Parks Department, work with the Lions Club? What uh, I mean, Do you guys get together at one point in the year and say, okay, here's what we're going to do? Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing how how long standing this event in our Buckle Acres Park has been. Um, the Lions Club does a fantastic job with mostly volunteers yeah. um, throughout that entire week. I know it's a really long week for them, but we start early in the year. Um, we have an events on town property committee that goes over the, the logistics and the details, and then um, we work with public safety, uh, police, and fire territory, as well as the Lions Club. We have planning meetings throughout the the late winter, early spring. Um, in early summer to talk about everything from the carnival in the park to the parade to the fireworks logistics and we're we're really grateful for all of our partnerships with the community organizations but you know especially during this week um, it it does take all hands on deck and and the amount of effort from the Lions Club and and town uh, personnel as well as parks department and police and fire uh, everyone really chips in to make sure that this is you know, the best event they can be for the community. It's amazing how big 4th of July is for the town of Brownsburg. And what can people expect as far as any differences or anything similar to uh, the last uh, year or two? Because something that's different this year is um, we have the street open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the Lions Green. Club is ecstatic about that, and as are we for, you know, for this event, for Festival of the Arts coming up in late July for the Chamber, Chamber of Commerce. and. Mm-hmm. You know, our events for the rest of the summer and into the fall, Green Street opening up um, is going to bring this downtown area back to life. And the 4th of July extravaganza plays a big part in in building community ties um, and and creating that gathering point for for the community to come and interact with each other and just enjoy um, a day or an evening out in the park. Yeah. So uh, as far as traffic goes, though, I mean, the parade is going to come in what is the route exactly so the so the parade route will be the same as last year we've moved the staging area to williams park okay um and that's in due uh that's due in part to the not only the construction downtown but there's also construction at the high school if you'll remember staging happened at the high school for several Mm -hmm. years Um, they still have a few more years to get through with their work Um, so we've moved the staging to williams park it worked pretty well for us uh last year we have that uh large open space and big boulevard that goes through the middle of the park and so we line the floats up there um you know between 7 and and 10 a.m the parade kicks off at 10 a.m it'll head north on locust and then we'll turn east on tilden and and it's basically a straight shot from that point to odell and then it heads south on odell uh, the benefit with tilden uh, is it's a wider street and we noticed there were significant amount more amount of people that were able to fill in mm-hmm. along Tilden, and some a, a great story was Brownsburg Meadows brought out, brought out their residents for the parade oh, yeah. last year right there at the corner, and so that was that was really special to see as well. Yeah, exactly. Now I've been following some as as best I can some of the social media posts about uh, the parade. There have been some who say, "When are you going to bring the parade back to mm-hmm. my house or whatever?" Mm-hmm. and things like that. How do you how do you deal with the, how do you uh, respond to 
uh, people who want to post either to complain or compliment uh, the parade route or things that are going on with the Parks Department? You know, we just take every comment seriously. If someone, you know, they come to us and they ask, hey, you know, the parade route used to be this way, we definitely document that and consider that for the next year when all of these meetings start. Mm -hmm. So that's something we all talk about and kind of figure out what works best for the community and what's going to work best for the town, you know, with all of the construction and everything, what's the best route for everyone, really. Now, when it comes to these meetings and the people, uh, whether it's the Lions Club, Police Department, Fire Department, uh, whoever uh, besides the parks and recreation department when they say this is the information we need to get out to the public do they tell you what to say or do you just say here's or do they say uh, here's some information make it look pretty and get it out there Um, they definitely give us a general message. And then my, my boss, Mary Louise, she's not with us right now. She's out. Um, we kind of work together to craft how to best communicate these things, how the community is best going to find it. We found, you know, Facebook has been incredible and that's yeah. where our, our audience really is. And that's where the town is connecting with us on. So we push a lot of that out on there. We have the biggest following out of police and fire in the Lions Club. So we really push all of that information ourselves. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this or not, and maybe this is not even directly related to uh, the 4th of July and things like that, but do you find that you get more response from Facebook as opposed to uh, Twitter or Instagram or any of the other social media uh, Absolutely, outlets? just because our audience is l- a little older, so they're all on yeah. Facebook. You know, we do post on Twitter. It's not really engaging there. And on Instagram, we just post our gorgeous photos. We post community photos as well. So we're engaging in a different way on Instagram rather than pushing out information. Our information is really all on Facebook, and that's where our audience is looking. So that's where we want to be. Yeah. When uh, the, After the 4th of July, after um, uh, the rides are gone and all of that stuff, what kind of uh, post work is involved with the park? Is there a lot of cleanup, or do the things pretty much uh, look good when it's all over? Well, there is a lot of cleanup, and so that's where our team comes in and helps each, each morning after the activities. We help the Lions Club with cleanup to get ready for the next day. Um, but especially with this wet weather mm-hmm. and the heavy equipment coming in, there's going to be a significant amount of uh, dirt work we have to do to that yeah. that multi-purpose field. Filling a um, few ruts. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's a rather quick turnaround, too, to get ready for Festival of the Arts, which is a couple weekends later right. uh, with the chamber. And so they bring in a bunch of equipment and tents. <laughs> And um, and so, yeah, the, our Buckle Acres gets a lot of use, a lot of impact uh, during the months of July. But our, our, our parks team is is great in taking action and, and, and they've been doing it for years. And yeah. so they know, you know, the, the, the maintenance that needs to be done to prep for this time and then the maintenance that needs to be done after after the event to get it back to a usable condition for just general park use um, sure. after the July festivities. Well, after the 4th of July festivities is where we're headed now. Let's talk about uh, some of the events. What's the next big event after the 4th of July that people need to look forward to uh, with the Parks and Recreation Department? Yeah, July is Parks and Rec Month, so we've got free events going on all month long. Every week there's stuff. Again, you can find that on our Facebook page, everything that's going on every week. Um, The biggest event of July is our party in the park. That's celebrating the end of summer, the end of July, Parks and Rec Month. So we've got we've got a petting zoo this year. We'll have some face paintings, um, a rock climbing wall, inflatables, games, food trucks. It's just a great celebration of parks and the end of summer. 
All right. Uh, and, of course, you said everybody can follow that on Facebook. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I will add to that, too. Our, our park board turned 60 years old oh, in yeah. July. Um, they were established July 23rd, 1959. So we'll be uh, celebrating uh, the park board and all that they have done for the community over the last many years. Mm-hmm. Um, we I had the opportunity to highlight a little bit of that at the chamber luncheon uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, putting that list together, um, it's great to see how the Parks Department has progressed over the last 60 years. Um, and we have a lot of exciting opportunities ahead of us as well that the Park Board is going to be an integral part in uh, hopefully bringing to fruition. Let's talk about some of the, some of the uh, other big events like uh, Summer Concert Series. Mm. It's, uh, that's going on. Yeah. And uh, you've got some not, not only going on uh, for July and August, but uh, is it a big one in September? Is that right? Yeah. Blues and Barbecue is on September 9th, I believe, this year. It's the Sunday after Labor Day. It's an all-day event. We've got... Um, blues artists from all around the country Lil Ed from Chicago he's going to be our headliner again this year we're so excited tons of barbecue vendors it's just a great event to celebrate you know barbecue and just relax and hang out at the park it'll be at Arbuckle Acres Park this year okay yeah we 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 offered it uh, started offering that two years ago was its first year um and we were ecstatic with the turnout we got of course we had perfect weather mm-hmm. um but it, it was great to see you know how that served a niche in the community there's a lot of either barbecue fans or blues fans out there and since we've started offering this event we've had blue as shelby mentioned blues artists from um definitely around the region that have reached out to us wanting, wanting to be a part of this event and so each year um we've uh We've upped the talent in, in the lineup. We still do have some local artists as well to give them an opportunity, but just a great afternoon, um, again, to be out in the park, and, and there's music going on throughout the entire event, and uh, and, and the barbecue vendors, I believe, uh, our vendors have increased this year as well. So mm-hmm. the more this event goes on, um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, provide more opportunities. Now, the... Uh, um you sort of touched on my next question, which was one, can you still accept uh, barbecue vendors? Uh, if, uh, cause we've still got plenty of time, I think. Right. As well as, are there any other booths? Is there going to be, um, crafts or anything like that for sale? Yeah. So we, we, we still are still accepting barbecue vendors, um, through, I believe August. Okay. Um, so that the, one of the benefits of moving it back to Arbuckle Acres is there's more space. Yeah. Um, and so we're able to accept more vendors. Um, but there there will be opportunity. So we have a vendor application form that our recreation team will be able to lead those individuals to to fill out and submit. Um, it's it's not it's not something like you know Festival of the Arts where there's a variety of arts and crafts right. vendors. Um, but we do have uh, certain vendors that help with our kids zone, okay. uh, the kids activities as well. And so, yeah, um, I encourage anyone interested in being part of the event to submit that vendor application, um, which they'll be able to find on brownsworthparks.com. Now, you talked with us uh, recently, which was on our local news, but I'll give you a chance to, to make a comment now. One thing that's different this year, there is going to be alcohol allowed, correct? Yep. So the, the, the park board and the council uh, agreed on the temporary alcohol permit policy that was presented to them earlier uh, this spring. 
and um, the the ordinance was changed to allow temporary beer and wine service at certain events and so there is a a process that event applicants has to go have to go through um, and it starts at the state level they have to apply for a temporary um, beer and wine permit with the state and then bring that to the town um, and our events committee with the town will consider that along with their events application uh, to make sure everything's in line with the policy but uh, it's it, it's been a request we've gotten uh, over the past several years yeah and um, we're excited to be able to offer this additional social activity for certain events one thing I'm sure you want to emphasize this is not a bring your own bottle type of event right right great point uh, so that's that outside alcohol still will not be allowed in the park uh, we'll have a specific beer and wine garden where where those beverages can be purchased and there's still be plenty of food and drinks um, for those who don't want to partake in that as well okay non-alcoholic drinks yeah now uh anything happening between then and uh december that you want to talk about yeah we've got our trail and treat in october that's october 26th this year last year was our first year of doing it we have businesses all around williams park around the trail there and they're all handing out candy. You know, some of them set up some fun games. And then we've got our movie immediately after that, which the community actually voted on. So it'll be Hotel Transylvania. That'll be immediately after Trail and Treat. So you can get your candy and then kind of hang out and watch a movie. It's okay. A great Excellent. Halloween then, event. Exactly. <laughs> fun for the whole family. Exactly. Uh, and then Christmas time uh, in December. What's going on? So that's our Christmas Under the Stars Parade. That's always the first Saturday in December. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to that parade and, and those festivities again. Uh, the route was changed last year because of construction, but we're hoping uh, that comes back down Main Street uh, to Green Street and ends at Arbuckle Acres um, as it has in the years past. So the route goes back to normal. Um, we're hoping uh, this year. And so there's always pictures of Santa and festivities after the parade, including the the lighting of town hall and and um, the town hall Christmas tree, as well as uh, performances from uh, a few choirs around the area. Okay. Now, one thing that may be a little bit premature to talk about, but uh, does come up on social media quite often is, what is the discussion now? Where is uh, the Parks and Recreation Department as far as a recreation facility? Great question. So we're uh, uh, back in um, August of 2018, the town council and the park board agreed to enter into a pre-design phase uh, for the community center, um, which was an opportunity for us to re-engage the community and create a few opportunities for them to come out and voice uh, their ideas and concerns about the project. So we held community workshops in March and then a design workshop over the course of three evenings, uh, the end of April. And what that design workshop produced was the, the beginning of a rendering or a conceptual for mm -hmm. the community center, but also showed the community how much um, the facility could cost uh, including the specific components or amenities within uh, so that we could begin um, 
looking into that cost range and establishing funding strategies. And so we're working with um, our consultants as well as the, the community center task force currently to uh, refine that design and get further input on the funding strategies. And we're hoping to be able to present that to the park board and the council later this fall. Um, the intent and what came from the design workshops, uh, the design principles was a multi-generational facility um, that had flexible space uh, to meet many different types of user groups from the little ones all the way up to our senior citizens. Sure. Um, and so that's something that we set out to do with the facility. Of course, aquatics was an important component, health and wellness, an important component, as well as, as I mentioned, those flexible multi-use spaces like the, the indoor track and, and the multi-activity courts. Uh, we are also working with a few capital partners um, that have, uh, uh, been been talking with us about being a part of the project as well and so we were able to show how those capital partners could be a part of the facility throughout those design workshops as well um, so still a lot of work to do um, these kind of projects take time yeah. uh, especially when you're when you're um, trying to present multiple types of funding strategies and concepts uh, to the community to try to meet as many indoor recreation priorities that that have been identified through our community needs assessments. Uh, Shelby, now there are people who are on both sides of this issue. Are you one of them who has to go in there and kind of uh, moderate or monitor some of those comments that people will leave? Yeah, we definitely watch everything that's being said and we're recording everything. We're passing it on to our designers and our teams to make sure every comment is being considered. You know, there's a lot of people saying they don't want it at Arbuckle Acres Park because they don't want to see the park disappearing. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's a little bit of land. I don't know exactly how much, but the park will still be there. There'll still be the glass in the building. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of it, but it's really capitalizing on those park views. So you'll still be able to enjoy nature and really connect with it while you're there. Yeah, okay. that, that's a great point that Shelby brought up. That was something that came up through our design workshops is making sure this facility fits within the natural environment. And we have the conceptuals on brownsworthparks.com, but it, sh it shows how the facility um, relates to the outdoor environment. And, you know, I was surprised with a lot of the input that we received. The outdoor environment is just as important to some, mm -hmm. especially the social gathering spaces and where they could, where we can hold smaller events and activities outside. Um, I know a big question we get is, you know, why, why an indoor pool versus an outdoor pool? Um, so something we looked at is, you know, what's, what's financially feasible? Um, what, what has the greatest impact to community need as far as programming and use and and that's why an indoor pool kind of rose to the top however we are listening to those that want outdoor aquatic facilities and so we we tried to design um the community center in a way to where it could be open to some sort of outdoor aquatic components in relation to the indoor in the future um, and so a lot of those details like i said are on our website okay all right. Well, that brings us for the July uh, activities going all the way up until Christmas. And then, uh, as we said, the uh, recreational facility that's in discussion. Is there anything else we need to cover? I think you hit the nail on the head. Okay. And, of course, hopefully, uh, probably later on either this year or uh, first of next year, you'll be able to give us an update on things that are going on in 2020. 
And maybe if any updates on the recreational facility talks, we'll get you in here for that too. Of course, we appreciate what you do helping us get the word out to the community. Yeah, definitely. And uh, glad to help. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. And now last on our roster, we talk with Jamie Bowler-Smith of Visit Hendricks County. Of course, that's uh, the people responsible for bringing all kinds of business as well as entertainment and uh, reasons to bring people to Hendricks County and spend their money. Now, there was a new hotel that opened up in Plainfield, and we got a chance to talk with Jamie about what that hotel, as well as all the hotels in this area, mean for Hendricks County. Talking with Jamie Bowler-Smith of Visit Hendricks County. Now, tell us what exactly you think this means. You know, I was talking to Brian earlier about uh, what it means for Plainfield, but tell us a little bit more about what it means for the whole county to have Embassy Suites here. Absolutely. You know, today's an exciting day. It allows us to go into markets that we haven't been in before. You know, it's no secret that Hendricks County has long wanted a full-service hotel with an attached conference center. And when the Palms came up for sale, it just seemed like the perfect time. You know, we had a great partner in Barat Patel, and it was an opportunity to redevelop as opposed to new develop. And so we were able to put that into place and really kind of extend the life of the exit for here in Plainfield. You know, this this development has spurred five additional renovations at the hotels. We have three under construction here in Plainfield as well, one in Brownsburg, one in Avon. It's really kind of lifted the boat, so to say, of the entire county as far as lodging and hospitality and entertainment. Now, Brian was saying, I asked him what he saw in the foreseeable future, six months to a year as far as attracting uh, uh, events and possibly entertainers, whatever the case may be. How is that going to affect your job as uh, someone who's trying to bring attention to the county? You know, we were running at an almost full occupancy up until this property opened. And so when you dump 174 rooms into the market, it changes things, obviously. Um, but what they did here is they booked over a million dollars in pre-booking business, which is unheard of. That's a pretty significant amount. And so what that's done for us is we've been able to continue to maintain the occupancy at the hotels that are across the street while still filling this one. So it gives us some a little bit of a ceiling, right? So we have a little more room so we can get more groups. We turn more business away just because we didn't have hotel rooms. So we'll be able to be into that environment here in the next 6 to 12 months. And we'll also, there's lots of other things going on. You have the renovation over at Country Heritage Winery, the former Chateau Thomas Winery. You know, that's going to add some nightlife over here. You know, the town of Plainfield has their Plainfield downtown redevelopment that's coming. That's a three-year plan. You know, Brownsburg has their Catalyst project that's opening here in the next couple weeks. I mean, it's just a really great time to be in the hospitality industry. I really feel like we've reached a place where we can further enhance the quality of life for our residents by providing a great place people want to visit because you have to want to visit before you want to live here. That's a good way to put it. All right, Jamie Bowler-Smith from Visit Hendricks County. Thanks for talking with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Central Indiana Today with your host, Shane Ray. This program has been sponsored by Duke Energy. Duke Energy says the best way to avoid billing surprises is to track your use. Duke Energy customers who have a smart meter can sign up for a usage alert. Similar to data alerts you get from your cell phone company, a budget can be set for the amount of your monthly energy bill and receive notices when you're approaching your limit. 
Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232.